All right, so I'll just, I'll just rephrase Galatians 2, and then we're going to Galatians chapter 3, and it's going to be awesome. Paul said, Peter, I withstood him, I, in his face, I opposed him in this. I said that he's now trying with his, he's, he's not sincere in his actions. He's now trying to build up again what they tore down in their teaching. How did they um, tear it down in their teaching? They taught that the law is not essential to be righteous. The law is no longer the means to righteousness. That we are, we are justified and made righteous purely by the grace of Jesus Christ. And like I said, the most important thing is to understand about the law is that the law could never justify any person. Because if the law could do it, Jesus Christ never had to come. I think most Christians, hopefully I believe, most Christians will agree on, uh, on this, that by the law no man can be justified. According to scripture, by the law we are justified purely and only by the grace of Jesus Christ. There's no justification by observing the works of the law. We've been made righteous because of faith in Jesus. All right? So hopefully we agree on this. Most Christians will agree on this. But there's another side to it. Living by the law causes self-dependence. And we're going to speak about it. That's why we have to completely, in the Christian sense, walk away from living by the law and live by faith and in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I'm so excited to share this with you. But Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. Okay, so he said, I withstood Peter because Peter, through his deeds and the way they acted, and even Barnabas was influenced by, by the hypocrisy. He said, even, even Barnabas was influenced. He says, the way they are acting now is they are trying to build up again what we tore down through our preaching. And, and Paul says, listen, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. It is Christ that lives. My life, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. He says, I've been crucified. I am dead. I died. He says, I died to the law and to the law's demands upon me. That's actually verse 19. I died to the law and all the law's demands upon me. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I that live. He says, and I do not treat God's gracious gift of, my, of something of minor importance. I do not nullify, I do not frustrate the grace of God. You know how you frustrate the grace? You frustrate the grace when you start living according to the law again and not depending on Jesus. Paul says, I do not frustrate God's grace. I will not frustrate it because if justification can come by the law, then Christ died in vain. And it's that, those efforts of, of, of being justified by the law that keeps us stuck in, in, in certain cycles of sin and stuff like that. He says, I, I, I'm, he's, man, he said, I died with Christ. I don't live. I died to the law and all the law's demands upon me. I've been crucified. I do not frustrate God's grace. But then if you read Galatians 2 and you go into 3, you understand it's one letter. It's only in chapters for you. In order for you to, to say, okay, to help you with the reading. <laughs> but it's one letter. So now Paul says, I was to Peter. I rebuked him in, 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 pub, in public almost. You know, I corrected him in, pub, in public. The reason why is because he's building up what we tore down. Paul said, there's no way no man can be justified by observing the works of the law. I've died to the law and all the law's demands upon me. 
I have been crucified with Christ Jesus. He said, I do not frustrate, God, frustrate God's grace. But you Galatians, who has bewitched you? <laughs> have you ever read it together? <laughs> Paul said, I, I do not frustrate. I've died with Christ. I rebuked Peter in this matter. And, and I made it clear this is what we should believe. But you Galatians, who has bewitched you? Who has caused a spell over you? Listen, he's, and then he goes on and he explains. He said, he says, who caused a spell over you? He says, and unto whom, right before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was openly and graphically set forth and portrayed as crucified. Let me ask you this one question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of obeying the law? And doing its works? Or was it by hearing the message of the gospel and believing it? Now I want you to see what Paul is saying. I've, 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 I've stated all in Galatians 2 now. Now in Galatians 3 he says, listen guys, who has bewitched you? Who caused a spell over your eyes? He said, you could have seen Jesus Christ. I preached him to you as if you could, could have seen him on the cross. He said, let me ask you this question. Did you receive the Holy Spirit as a result of you obeying the law and doing its works? Or was it by you hearing and believing the message? He said, are you so foolish, senseless, silly? Having begun your new life spiritually by the Holy Spirit, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh? Do you see the essence of the matter here? It's not just that the law cannot justify you. The law, when you try and live by it, can never become a means of reaching perfection or becoming perfect or becoming, um, in, in word, thought and deed, more Christ-like. The, 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 the law can never be that. He says, he says, are you now reaching perfection by dependence on your own flesh? Do you see that on the side of the law comes with it the flesh? If, if, if the Bible speaks about living after the flesh or living after the dictates of the flesh, it's also connected to the law because the law emphasized the life of the flesh. The fruit of the flesh is the sins that we see and the things that people do that are evil in, in this world. You can see the fruit of the flesh. But the flesh in a Christian context is simply a Christian that haven't learned to depend on Jesus and therefore, we see fruit of the flesh in that person that's depending on themselves and not on Jesus. All right. Again, I say in, the, in, the, in terms of the country, uh, schools, houses, social life, there should be laws in place because of the world that we live in. I'm not against the speed limits and stuff like that. You know, I'm not against the laws. Alright, okay, we're not going to go into detail on that, but um, I'm not against the laws. I'm thankful that there are laws in this country. But in terms of your Christian life, Paul says, who has bewitched you, who has caused a spell over you? You are now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh. You started by the Spirit, you depended on God, and now you are depending on yourself again. Alright, and that's the whole matter, that's the essence of the matter. And that's why it's important to understand that we're no longer under the law. And I'm going to explain it to you out of these same scriptures. Alright? 
So pastor, but it says that heaven and earth shall not pass away until, uh, 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 the, or until heaven and earth pass away, none of these laws will be, you know, will pass away. I'll just answer you on that quickly, because I, that's a question. Maybe you, you that are watching, you thought that. I'll just help you with that question. All right. So, um, heaven and earth will not pass away until, and, uh, until heaven and earth pass away. Sorry. None of these laws will ever pass. Uh, pass away now here's the thing christ fulfilled the law all right so none of the laws just just disappeared the law was fulfilled in christ so in other words someone came and and fulfilled the agreement they're part of the agreement jesus christ came in the place of the jewish nation in that time and in the place of the jewish nation fulfilled the law in fact he died for our sins as the Gentiles. He died for us. And we were included in the justification. But the law that was part of the agreement of the Jewish people, Christ came and He fulfilled the law. And so He took it upon Himself and lived a holy life. Not just outwardly, but inwardly. Perfect. He was the Son of God. He lived a holy, perfect life. And he died, a complete innocent man, punished for the sins of the world. And so Christ died in our place. And as he died on that cross, he said, it is finished. He fulfilled the old agreement and the new agreement came. And so that's why the Bible says the old agreement um, should be completely done away with and the new agreement sh should, should be the one that we live in today. And, and that's the confusion. Because you have Christians, they sing amazing grace, they speak of grace, but yet they preach, they preach the new covenant, but they've brought the law into the new covenant. They brought living by the law, living by good morals, good standards. They, they, they made that the essence of the new covenant. And yet the essence of the new covenant is not living right, even though it's a byproduct, even though it's something that's, that's also an effect. <laughs> All right, it's not just we doing right outwardly, we're also doing out of the pure motive, and that, that's even far better than the old agreement. All right, so but but they brought that type of living into the new agreement that 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 where we live by the law as if it's required or as it's some as if it's something that we should do now, versus fully depending on Jesus and allowing the vine to flow a life of the vine to flow through the branch and produce the fruit i said it always you know through the years that christianity is not about people that tries to live christ-like so so you want to go around I, I, I want everyone to love one another and i need to love more people i need to love people you going around trying to love people is actually you living dependent on yourself which is the essence of the law and therefore you are living under the law and you are not experiencing the influence of grace in that area. And so now you're struggling to love people because you are on, focused on yourself trying to produce that love. Or you are so focused on the law that there's a form of self-righteousness that you don't even see your own faults and failures. You don't even see that you're lacking and you're judging the lovelessness in other people. Okay, so that's by living by the law. That's a fruit of living by the law. But when you turn from the law to grace, you are able to see from God's perspective and your heart is so impacted that you love people. 
And that that love flows out to others around you. And that is so amazing. That's what grace can do. That's what Jesus can do. That's what the law could not do. Because according to Romans 8, the law and the power of the law was weakened by the flesh. Let me read it quickly and then we come back to Galatians 3. I'm still with Galatians 3. Let me read. The, God did what the law could not do. I'm just going to quote it. You can go uh, Romans uh, 8. I think it's verse 4. It says, God did what the law could not do. Because the law's, its power being weakened by the flesh. God condemned sin in the flesh. God deprived the world of power to harm over all who accept the sacrifice. That is Romans 8. I think it's in verse 4. Okay, so God did what the law could not do. Alright, so Christ died and he, he, God did what the law could not do. Because the problem with the law is the weakness of man. <laughs> the problem with the law has never been the set of good standards and rules. <laughs> There's never been a problem with doing good. <laughs> good has always been good. Alright, so the, the problem with the law is never, is never the good things. Uh, the problem is the people and the weakness of man and the, the fact that it leads to dependence on, on, on self. And that self-dependence is actually what Jesus came to save us from. He came to save us from the place of depending on ourselves, to save ourselves, and acknowledging our need for a Savior. In fact, I believe the law was given to, 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 to bring man to the end of himself, to get man to see his need for a savior to get the Jewish people at least to see and recognize their need for a savior to get man to see. Okay. So that's the purpose for me of the law. It wasn't given in order for man to use it as a means of justification. If the law could justify a person, Jesus never had to come. I mean, I can just put it bluntly to you today. If the law could save any soul, why would Jesus Christ come to the earth and die on that cross and be beaten and bruised for me and for you? If the law could do it, then there was no need for Jesus to come. But he came. And the fact that he came said that the law was inadequate, wasn't able to do that part or save us. <laughs> it was only able to keep people in that and, and i'm going to read it let's go back to galatians 3 all right i'm at galatians 3 it says you foolish senses silly galatians verse 3 having begun in the spirit are you now reaching perfection by dependence on the flesh have you suffered so many things i always answer the question yes it says have you suffered so many things and experienced so much all for nothing if it really is to no purpose and in vain Yes, we have suffered many things to no purpose because of us living, trying to reach perfection by dependence on the flesh. I'm telling you, a lot of our suffering, a lot of our suffering comes out of this. A lot of the troubles that you've been going through as a Christian, a lot, I'm not saying everything, but a lot of what you've been going through comes exactly out of Galatians 3, as you've been striving in dependence on the flesh. Okay, so... But it says, so have you suffered so many things all in vain? Yes, you've suffered in vain. Then does he who supplies you with his marvelous Holy Spirit and works powerfully and miraculously among you, do so on, on the grounds of your doing what the law demands? 
or because of your believing and adhering to and trusting the message in the message that you've heard. Alright, so you see all. Is he doing it because of the law and because of you obeying the law? Or, not and. And a lot of Christians have the and. So, Galatians 3 says, either by hearing and believing the gospel or by the works of the law. The question is or. There's no and. And a lot of Christians have in, in the place of or, they have and. So they want to live by faith and add the law because the law, they cannot see that it's, why should we not add the law? Because, I mean, it's so good. <laughs> so, and. But Paul says, or. <laughs> it's either the one or the other. Alright? So it's either by faith in the message that you've heard, or it's by the works of the flesh. But it's not and. We cannot add both. Okay, so there's a definite divining line right there of or. It's, it's either the message of the gospel and faith in the gospel or the works of the flesh. Not both. Christians, it's not both. It's either the one or the other. I think you got it. <laughs> I think you got it. Okay, now listen to what he explains here of Abraham. Now, Abraham is a, perf is a type of this new agreement that we are walking in now after the cross. Abraham received the promise, but the fulfillment of his promise, really, the fullness of his promise was, was actually fulfilled in Christ. So God made an, a promise to Abraham, and 430 years later, the law came. But God's promise was already made to Abraham before the law came. So God's plan, plan was actually the gospel from the beginning. He made the promise to Abraham and then brought the law in. But the promise is what is important. So what we did is we hijacked that part <laughs> where, what, that God brought in just in between that time and the fulfillment of the promise. The law. And it was added for a reason. So to show forth the sinfulness of man. To bring man to the end of himself. It was there also as a guardian to keep man. In other words, there was still a, a kind of a safeguard, so to say, that if you can keep to these rules, there will be blessings coming upon you. If you don't, there will be curses. But in fact, no man was able to keep it fully. But what we did is we just hijacked that part and we brought it into our agreement. <laughs> right. Now, what I want to tell you today I know this will be a shocking, shocking statement. But as a Christian, the law and the law of Moses has never been part of your agreement ever. When Paul preached, he wrote in, in Corinthians to the Corinthians, he says, When I was with you, I perceived to know nothing except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. When Jesus sent them out, He said, Go and proclaim the gospel. Surely he would have said, go and proclaim the gospel and teach the law. <laughs> now he says, go and proclaim the gospel, the good news, make men disciples, teach them. But he didn't say, go and teach the law. If, if we as believers today should be preaching and proclaiming the law of Moses, first of all, as a means to righteousness or being made righteous, also as a way of of, of of getting, uh, living out our righteousness. If we preach, if we preach the law as such, 
We, we, we are bringing that part of the agreement. Let me read it. Let me read it. Please, uh, listen carefully. Listen and hear. <laughs> okay. Okay, it says, Abraham believed in God and it was reckoned and accredited to his account as righteousness. Know and understand that it is really the people who live by faith who are the true sons of Abraham. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles in consequence of faith, proclaimed the gospel, the glad tidings of a Savior, long beforehand to Abraham in the promise, saying, In you shall all, the, not in Moses, in you, Abraham, shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So then, those who are people of faith are blessed and made happy and favored by God with the believing Abraham. Abraham being a type of, of, of what we will experience. The promise was made to him, but the fulfillment, we are living in it. Hallelujah. And all, it says, And all who depend on the law, verse 10, are under a curse and doomed for disappointment and destruction. For it is written in the Scriptures, Cursed be everyone who does not continue to abide by all the precepts and commands written in the book of the law and practice them. All who depend on the law are under a curse and doomed for disappointment and destruction. Now, if you read this and you go and you embrace the law as something that you should live by, or attain righteousness by, or be justified by. If you live by it, you embrace it. This scripture says you are doomed for destruction and disappointment. I'm telling you there's a negative effect that people experience because of living by the law. And it's, it's stealing, killing, and destruction. It's, it's, not, it's not, not so much the stealing, killing, and destruction that's in this world. I feel it's more has to do for Christians. It more has to do with the fact that we live by the law. And because we live by the law, we experience destruction, doom, disappointment. Because the flip side of the law is you should keep every command. And even if you keep everyone, the heart is not there. <laughs> Alright, so you're still falling short. I'm going to explain it. Jesus taught it in, 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 in Matthew. He taught about the law. And explained and he placed the law on its rightful standard. In fact, in the last verse of that um, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, You therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Case settled. Okay. So he was lifting up. He says, You said love, you say love your friends. I say love your enemies. I say love, love. And so he explained, if, if your hand causes you to struggle, cut it off. And so there's a whole teaching that Jesus brought about the law. And then he said at the end, he says, You therefore must be perfect. As your heavenly father is perfect. And it's almost like, boom, case settled. Is there anyone still feeling like, like they're making it? <laughs> I can just imagine Jesus thinking, okay, if they feel like they are doing this, they, I don't know how I'm going to get them to see <laughs> that they cannot make the standard of God. Because the standard is perfection and holiness. He says, be therefore holy as your heavenly father is holy. You know, people that preach the law will always water down the law to the place where they feel that they have their heads above the water. 
When I come and I say, listen, it's impossible to do, they will say, listen, I can do it. I can do a little bit of it. I can. You see, it's not enough to try. <laughs> if you're trying to keep the law and you're not keeping it 100%, you are still failing. <laughs> and that's why we need grace. That's why we need Jesus. Because if you miss one and you break one law, you're guilty of them all. <laughs> and if you miss the heart of it, even if you do the right thing, Jesus explained it and he placed it on its rightful standard and he said, be perfect. So if you're not perfect like God, you cannot even begin to stand on your law keeping. In fact, you'll always be doomed for disappointment and distraction because you're depending on your own effort. Uh, one of the ways that you can clearly see that you're becoming legalistic or living under the law, for instance, you expect others to love. You, you, you feel like you are right and you are loving others. But you think they, they are not loving towards you or towards others. So you're judging those that are not loving enough according to your standard. But you are becoming blind for your own faults and you are standing on your own. It's becoming, it's a place of self-righteousness. Where you feel like I'm actually okay and they are not and they need to change. And if they change, it's going to be better. <laughs> All right, that's legalism. That's law. That's the essence of the law. If you think that someone else loves, like someone else needs to love more, they need to change more. If they can just change, if they can just become better people, the whole world will be better. But actually the change is from your side. And self-righteousness and condemnation. Oh man, I'm jumping around here. I hope someone is following this teaching. I hope I'm not over your head, but may God give me grace to just stick to the word that I'm preaching here. I'll just go right back into the message. Okay, so self-righteousness and condemnation are fruit of you depending on yourself, which is a fruit of you actually living under the law. Even though you are not under the law, you are living as if you are under that old agreement. And you are experiencing the result of, of depending on yourself. And you are either blind for your own faults, you are full of self-righteousness, judging everyone else around you, and you or you are just full of guilt and condemnation. The two ugly twins, self-righteousness and condemnation, they go together. These two ugly twins, self-righteousness and condemnation, don't let them into your life. They're going to destroy your life. And if they come and you see them, it's actually because of you depending on yourself that you get the two ugly twins close to you into your life. Self-righteousness and condemnation. Both are are um, fruit of the same source. You trusting in yourself to save yourself. Man, we have a Savior. His name is Jesus. And I will rejoice in, his, in the gospel of Jesus Christ. I will rejoice in the simple gospel of Jesus Christ. He came to save me. He is my Savior. I have no righteousness that I can call my own. But this righteousness that I have received is a gift. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. There is no condemnation. For me and you are in Christ Jesus. We've been washed in the blood. But if it were not for the blood, we would have been guilty. But we are washed in the blood. Cleansed, perfected by the blood of Jesus. That is what it means to remain true. Uh, uh, stick to the, uh, to remain true to the gospel. And the teaching of the gospel. 